Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards. And we're thrilled to have you joining us today where we're going to talk about um, what we always talk about, leadership, and how it can improve not just you, but everyone around you. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Looking <laughs> forward to it. Had a little had a little voice trouble for a little while, but uh-huh. you know, uh, after back. going to a doctor, I'm back. So I'm pretty excited now. Well, so we get to talk about this topic of leadership yep. and today, leading up. Come on. As opposed to it. leading down, leading sideways, leading around. And leading yourself. Oh, leading in. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's what I love about it. You got you to gotta first start by le- You should never talk about leading up until you have mastered or well on the way of mastering <laughs> leading yourself. And so you got to lead yourself. Everybody loves to lead down. A little more difficult to lead across or lead your peers. Yeah. And then it's really difficult to lead up. But it's if you ever get leading up well, I promise you, um, you'll be the go-to person for your leader every single day of the week. So that's the beauty of it. You get to influence where the vision is going, the direction of the organization, the direction of the church, the ministry, whatever it is. If you have your leaders vote a confidence, that then they will always choose you. Whenever they have something big to get done, they'll call your name, which is what you want to do if you want to lead up. Yeah, and, and I think probably for people listening, there's probably someone out there listening today who said, you know what, if I was in charge... This is what I would do. My, 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 and they've my. had these thoughts of if I was in, if, if I had a chance to lead up and show my leader how to how to lead this organization, and um, here's what I would do. So that may or may not be the right approach. I know, but I think we're going to talk about that today. That's why it's good. Let's do it. Come on. So the big tension is how do you lead those above you? Uh, if you're a leader worth your salt. You're going to always have ideas. You're going to always have different things you want to do. You're going to always have a different way that you think the organization should go. The younger you are, the more idealistic you are, and the more passionate you get about where the organization or where the church or where the ministry should be going. The beautiful thing about this is if you learn the art of influencing your leader, then you actually get to do it and get to provide influence and get to provide direction but you're just not doing directly. You're not doing it directly, you're doing it indirectly. But it is an absolute joy when you have that leader's trust and they allow you to influence their thinking. Wow. And um, just recently we talked about something at church here called the over-under. Oh, come you've on. Gotta, if you want to get over what God's put under you, you've got to get under what God's put over you. And that's the most important part is getting under what God's put over you, figuring out how to be right where you're at. Don't ever forget that principle. It works in every facet of life. It works as kids, as teenagers with your teachers, as kids with your parents, as employees with employers, as staff members with pastors, as CEOs with their senior VPs. It works at every level. If you want God to get you over those he wants under you, then you've got to prove faithful that you can be under those he has over you whether you like them or not, whether they're your style or not, whether they vote like you or not, whether you see their weaknesses or not, whatever it is, your assignment is get under and stay under those he has over you. Woo! That's so let, let me ask you a question. So yep. if you're getting under and you want to lead up, 
what are some ways to build influence no matter where you are in the organization, in the church, in the business? What are some ways that we yeah. can build influence? Yeah. Uh, there's three things you have to do to build influence. Number one, you've got to make sure you're working on your character. You must be somebody of integrity that the leader or the person over you can trust. If they can trust, if they give you an assignment, do it all to the glory of God. If you're doing it for God, then you're doing it as a man and woman of character, and uh, the person over you, male or female, will just know that they can trust you because you're not cutting corners, you're not trying to do it quickly and be done, but you're doing it thoroughly, and you can be trusted. That's based on character. And then number two is your actions. Um, when you're going to do the thing, is it going to be done well, and is it going to be thorough? When, when they ask you to do A, B, and C, are you just going to do A or are you going to do A, B, C and even try to suggest a D to do it so they know you're going beyond the call of duty? That's your action. And then lastly, you, just, you must just add value to people. Wherever you are, you should, you should want everybody to say, man, I didn't even ask for that information and they knew what I was passionate about and they just shared it with me every single day. I did it this morning again. I asked my own son. I'm dropping him off at school and say, hey, but uh, what are you going to do to add value to your teachers today? What are you going to do to add value to your classmates? What are you going to do to add value to somebody that's not even in your class, but you see them needing help, and you're going to come alongside them? Pause, pause, oh, pause. Oh, gosh, here we go. How old is your son again? Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Okay. He needs to learn joking. it, no matter how old he is. He needs to learn it okay, early. Okay. It needs to be second All nature. Ages. This works That's for it. everyone. That's it, okay. everybody. Just, just check him. How are you going out of your way to add value? Because what we have a tendency to do is only think about us and the things yeah. we have to do and the things on our plate. Your assignment is mm -hmm. to master that and then look around at your peers and say, hey, is there anything I can do for you? If you know they're passionate about something and you come across an article in your reading, then just say, hey, you know what I came across this? You've always talked about this. I just want you to know you might find this interesting. That's what you do when you're trying to add value to people. So how do you influence people? By your character, by your actions, and by you adding value to them. What That's good. I, well, I mean, you want to be the kind of person that people are happy when you come around. Because you're, you're, either, you're either adding value or you're draining value. And um, no leader above you wants you to, wants the kind of person under them that drains value. They want somebody who adds and who pours back in. So just think and, and, and build into yourself just like listening and watching as you're doing right now. But those three things are tremendous. Now, Hold on. John Maxwell says this. You're always carrying two buckets. Always carrying two buckets. One with water and one with gasoline. And your assignment, when you see other people around you, your job is not to extinguish their fire, but it's to let it blaze. So when they see you coming, they should know they're going to get a nugget from you that's going to influence them to go to another level. Yeah. So the question is, when somebody see you coming, what bucket do they think you have? They think you have some water and you just going to drain them? Or do they think, man, I can't wait to hear an insight that they're going to give me today. I'm pretty excited about it. That's really just good. ask yourself that. And I, actually, just ask some people close to you that question. When you see me, what do you think I'm going to do? Drain you by throwing water or, or, um, or, or, or igniting you because, because of the association that you have with them? All right, so those are the ways we build influence. Mm -hmm. No matter where we're at, if you do mm -hmm. those th three things, you're going to build and gain influence with everyone above you, around you, every aspect of leadership. You're going to gain influence. Now, when you're there, you're building influence. You've started to build that um, rapport. You have situations where you have something you want to share with your leader. You're like, yes, I've got the idea. 
Um, do I bring the idea or do I not bring the idea? How do I know? Is this going to be something that's going to be gasoline or is it going to be water? How do I know how to operate in that situation? Um, All right. So, so one of the things you have to remember before we even go into that is you got to really be honest with yourself and ask if you're a leader that has the capacity and the trajectory to do more. Mm -hmm. Because if you really don't, then basically you're just a doer. And if you're a doer, that's okay. That's what you do. But if you're a leader and you want to increase your leadership potential, then you've got to be looking for ways to, um, um, in a savvy manner, increase that by influencing the people up. So one of the ways you know um, how good you are as a leader or your potential as a leader or your trajectory as a leader or your capacity as a leader is by, is by asking yourself how far can you see, question one, question two, uh, how many people can you lead, and question three, the complexity of the problems you can handle. Those three questions determine how high up an organization you can go. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't see far, Meaning if you, can, if you can't even balance your own checkbook right now, which means you can't see into next year, you can't have a savings goal of saving $1,000 for the year and you go like you know $80 every month all the way till the end. If you can't do that, then those beneath you can't do it well because if mm -hmm. there's somebody beneath you that can do that, then you're going to frustrate them because they can see further than you can see. And so one of the things you need to ask and answer is, how do I learn to do this better? How do I learn to see further down the path so that I'm not just here in the moment, but I am predicting problems, anticipating problems, solving them, so that by the time the leader shows up, it's all resolved because you can see further than they can. Number two is how many people can you lead? That's why every time you get an opportunity to lead, you need to lead. Every time you get an opportunity to add people to your team, you need to add people to your team because when you do it, you're flexing your leadership muscles and you're getting better at leading. And then mm -hmm. number three, the complexity of problems. If two problems scare you and frustrate you, if somebody even frustrates you, if all of that frustrates you, then, then, then don't take on more because it's just going to cause you more anxiety, more frustration, and might lead to depression. So mm -hmm. if you're trying to be a better leader, I would learn how to see further down the road. This is before you try to influence up. Learn how to see further down the road. Number two, learn and get more people to lead. And then number three, increase the complexity of the problems that you have. And just remember, hey man, there's, there's no problem too big that you can't solve. And therefore your job is to find the right people around the table so that we can solve the problem. So Matt, that's important because yes. if you don't know how to do that, then when you try to influence your leader, you're going to be asking questions that the leader has already figured out. So they're like, well, yeah, that's okay. such an elementary question because you're not thinking five or four years down or two or one year or three months down the road. Mm -hmm. You're always thinking in the present. And if you're going to lead up, you've got to be thinking futuristically and anticipating what might happen because that's how your leader probably thinks. Wow. What do you got? Just taking a deep breath. Just digest that because before we even worry about leading up, we've got to figure out where we're at. We've got to figure out how to grow um, and what the reality of our leadership and how we've been hardwired. Uh, and, and once you've figured that out, then you've got to figure out when, when I'm in a situation and I'm, I've got a question, I've got a thought, I've got an idea, and <coughs> I think it might be a good one. What do I do with it? Mm -hmm. do, I, do I press on? Do I take this idea, this thought, this concern to my leader, or do I hold back? Do I, do I push or do I pause? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, how do you know when to push and when to pause? All right, yeah, there are three times when you, when you push, three experiences. One, when you have information that your leader 
does not know about, but you think is vital for the organization, <clears throat> that's when you push. Because the leader needs information to make wise decisions. So if you've got some information that you think is critical for the health of the organization, mm -hmm. <clears throat> for betrayal within the organization, for support within the organization, or that will make a massive turn in the organization because of the insight that you have, then you've got to bring that information to your leader. It's just one of the things they'll do. And they will forever appreciate you for making sure you care more about the organization and where it's heading than you do about any one person, including the leader. That's so you care more deeply about the health and the direction of the organization more than you do holding that information tight. So whenever that happens, it's your assignment to make sure you are helping your leader by providing the critical resources they need at that moment. And it's very time sensitive. Number two <coughs> is, uh, so when you, need, when you need to share information that your boss doesn't have and mm -hmm. needs to have, number two is, Think about your boss's temperament and perception oh my gosh. of you. Oh, my gosh. You have to think about your boss's temperament first and then think about their perception of you uh -huh. second. So the, your boss's temperament means if they're fast-paced, don't come in there talking about this story. Hey, did you know? Have you heard? All that. They, they don't want to know that. You've got to come out of yourself and operate in their, their lane. If they're way more reflective, way more mm -hmm. um, slow-paced, because they're very um, uh, deep in thought is the way they lead, because they lead through insight and not with passion, then you've got to come and you've got to know. You can't just bulldoze your way in there because they're going to be offended by that. Now you've got to walk in their shoes, slow yes. it all the way down, and have a conversation before you jump in to the vital information. And then on the perception of you side, you've got to make sure what we talked about earlier, your character, your actions, and your ability to add value to people, that that's known because if it's not, and their perception is that you're a tattletale, your perception is that you just want to get get favor with the boss, then they're going to be able to read your agenda and know that it's self-centeredly driven, which means they're going to know they shouldn't tell you anything because you just love to talk too much. So you've got to balance those two. And then, Matt, what's the third one? Number three is when time is of the essence. <coughs> Seize the moment, speak up. Speak up when time is of the essence. So it's knowing when something's critical and when something's not critical, or when's the right time to share, when's not the right time. Correct, and it can be critical to you, but not your leader. Ooh. So you must, you must not tell us or tell your leader when something's critical to you. You must make sure it's critical to them. Yeah. And you gotta remember, if you, don't re if you forget everything else, remember this when it comes to your leader. If you've got 10 big problems to solve, they got 10,000. So you must make sure, when you're ready to talk about your little one problem, yeah. that, it, that it's tantamount to like a thousand of theirs. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, then, then they're going to see it as you have no idea what your leader has to do deal with, which is why you want to bring your little issue to them. But it means you have not been selfless, but you're selfish because you're bringing your big issue to them when it's not their issue. And by the way, here's another one. Whenever you have a leader that has a lot on their plate, it must be the last person you go to because you must go to everybody else before you go to them. Mm -hmm. And if you keep going to them, here's what they're going to say. You don't value my time, which means the next time you call, they're not going to answer it because they're going to say, you've got, you've got uh, uh, M-level problems when the leader's got the top A, B, C, D, and E problems to solve. Mm -hmm. So you must make sure you are walking in their shoes. Mm -hmm. If it's urgent, boom, let's make it happen. Let's talk about it. Let's speak up.
All right. That's good. So that's that's when to press. That's when to push. Uh-huh. Sometimes here's how you can evaluate if you need to pause. Yeah. Um, five questions Woo! to ask yourself. Do I need to pause? Do I need to chill? Um, number one is will this – you mentioned this a second ago. Yeah. Will this benefit everyone or Woo! is this just me? Is this just Woo! important to me or the whole organization or my leader? This is where you're dealing with your issues. This is when you're taking the mirror and you're looking at yourself and you're asking – is this really about me or mm-hmm. is this really about the organization? Let me say it another way. Am I building my kingdom or am I really building the kingdom of God? Your assignment is to make sure this is not about you, but it is about the organization that you have the privilege to be a part of, which is why whenever you have heart issues with the organization or with your leader, it is your responsibility to take the log out of your own eye and to do that ruthlessly. Because if you let it stay, it's going to stay in the heart and it's going to fester. It's going to cause envy. And then when you have a conversation with your leader or the person under the leader, here's what's going to happen. You're not starting from scratch. You're now starting from Mm. a piled up history of grievances that you've had that you've never dealt with before. That's why the Bible says keep short accounts. That's why the Bible says go to communion and release people so that you don't start from the last argument, but you start from a clean slate, just like Christ Mm. does for you. So are you building your kingdom or are you building God's? Number two, <laughs> is my goal to communicate or is my goal to coerce? Ooh. Am I coming in debating or am That's I coming right. in to share information? That's right. And your only assignment is share information. If you think you're coming in to coerce, if you think you're coming to have a debate, well, I think this right and I don't care what you say and look at you and da-da-da-da-da, then just press pause because all you're doing is losing influence. That's all you're doing. Remind, remember this, please. Whenever you go in to have a debate about why you think you're right and they're wrong, all you're doing is losing credibility beforehand. And so the way you do it is by asking more questions, not being the expert and telling them, but asking more questions. Mm. The way you disarm somebody being defensive is by asking more questions. And we must learn the art of asking questions. When you're in a healthy environment where we're trying to depend on the collective intelligence of a group, you're not saying my way or the highway. That does not create a healthy environment um, environment where you're having the best idea win, which is why you ask questions. The more questions you ask, the more, number one, you don't look like a fool because now you're just asking questions because you're not the expert. But when you know all the answers and you come in like you are the expert and then somebody says, no, that's not how it goes, this is how it goes, then you have just lost all the credibility in the world. So make sure you are trying to communicate by asking questions, seeking clarity versus coerce to get your own way. All right. Number three, third question to ask yourself, do I have skin in the game mm-hmm. or does my leader bear all the risk? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Too many times mm. uh, the leader's bearing all the risk. Again, it's just self-centeredness. It's just about you. It's you trying to make a name for yourself. It's you trying to show that you're somebody. And so what you do is you come in there saying, hey, man, here's what I can do. And you have no yeah. skin in the game. You just want to you just want to throw a fire in there and let it burn as opposed to coming in saying, hey, how can we how can we how can we do this together? Because I have skin in the game. This is where God's called me to be in this season. And let me do everything I can for the glory of God. Make sense? What do you got? Number Number four. four. Come on. Is the timing really right or is it just right for me? We've already hit on this. Yes, we have. 
is this urgent for me? Uh-huh. Am I am I dying to share this because I've got a burn inside of me? And, and this might have this the worst timing in the world for the organization. Yep, I would agree wholeheartedly. Most of the time, young leaders say it and do it because it's the, the timing for them. It's right for them. It's not right for somebody else. You ever notice? I don't know if you noticed this yet, Matt. Whenever, whenever, most people don't tell leaders good news. They only tell them bad news. They seldom do they ever come and say, hey, man, this is great. Oh, my gosh, thanks so much. Yeah. What you usually hear is, hey, man, um, did you know that, uh, well, uh, and that's what usually happens. But leaders, you can create that kind of environment uh-huh. if you're not careful. So you've got to create an environment where you're hearing stories all the time of life change. You have to create the environment where you expect people to tell you good news and mm-hmm. not just bad news. You've got to create an environment where people are expected to share their thoughts, mm, where people good. are expected to give their opinion. And you've got to say, come on, a five-second rule. As long as you have something we want to hear. If it comes to your mind, you got to share it. It's a safe environment. Let's make it happen. Because if you don't, then everybody's going to be afraid to talk. And you're going to have an environment where you're the only one talking because you're the mm-hmm. smartest person in the room. And you don't you don't benefit from the collective intelligence of everybody else. Oh, my goodness. All right, last question. Uh-huh. Am I asking too much? Woo. So think about your leader. Think about yourself. Am I asking too much? Yeah. Um, your, your, your question is and should be, um, let me, let me, if my leader would give me an ears, whether it's five minutes or whatever, I'm, I, must, I must handle that with the utmost care. And I must make sure that I maximize that time and that I don't ask for it too often. Mm. So don't assume that you just get, mm. uh, hey, can I have two 20-minute period of time? When you do that, you're showing that you really don't understand the leader's load. And you're not, you're not taken away from it. You're actually added to the load. So your assignment yeah. is make sure you ask your questions. And then sometimes you can have a question. Just delay it for the next month or for the next time you get it. And then write it down. Just because it's important to you then don't mean it's that important. Because if you forget it the next time, mm-hmm. that means it wasn't that important. That means you never should have asked the question mm-hmm. in the first place. That's the big question. Do I push or do I pause? How do I build influence? And how do I learn who I am as a leader? What would be your closing thoughts? If you had to wrap this up and summarize it, where do we start and where do we focus? No, that's good. I think your job as a leader is to lead yourself exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Any leader that leads themselves well will be noticed. Any leader that has the discipline to do the inner work of character, the inner work of competence, mm-hmm. the inner work of making sure you can get along with people, the inner work of making sure you have um, vast knowledge of your area and subject matter, and you're leading yourself well, you will always be noticed, not by only by your leader, but by leaders in the industry as well. So the best thing you can do for yourself is learn to lead yourself well. In other words, get out of your own way. <laughs> the more you get out of your own way, the more you will thrive and the higher your trajectory will be. So learn the best you know how to lead yourself. Ask leaders. Get around leaders that can lead and then learn how to lead yourself well. And, uh, and lastly, don't, don't ever forget this you got to pass the over on the principle. Don't ever forget it. you got to pass it. Whenever God shows you a leader's heart, it's never about That's the good. leader. It's always about you. Just don't forget it, please. Ooh, that's please. so good. Don't forget it. All right. That's you so problem? good. Okay. You know, one of my friends used to always say, let the game come to you. That's good. Develop yourself yep. and then, then position yourself for God to show up. Um, and give you opportunities to lead. Actually, the younger you are as a leader, just li- listen, 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 scoot up. The younger you are as a leader, the younger you are, the better 
chances you have that if you work on you and develop your leadership skills, people will come knocking at your door. You will have so many opportunities. You don't have to rush it. I tell young pastors this all the time. You don't have to go after it. Just be good. They'll come after you. Mm. Let your work speak for itself. And they will come running after you. I promise you. It's the reason why when the leader is good, you don't ever have to ask for a job. Somebody will always come knocking at your door. You mm. will learn the art of saying no way more than you say yes. Because when you lead yourself well, people can tell. What do you think? That's good. Um, Really, leaders, what we want to challenge you to do is to apply this to yourself and then really share this with your teams. Yep. Share this with as many people as you can. We want to encourage you to comment and um, leave us a review. Let us know how this has impacted you. And get out there and share it with other churches, other organizations. We also have some resources online. If you go to our webpage, visit1cc.com slash leadershiproundtable, Everything we've talked about and some more is going to be available on a handout that you can download for the show notes as a part of this podcast experience. And there you see it right there. (laughs) So again, we're grateful that you joined us, that you hung out with us today, and we cannot wait to see you again next month. Lead well, my friends. Lead well. We'll see you next time.